Interested in becoming a travel agent yourself and helping others plan their next Disney vacation? Interested in learning more about Surge 365? How to get paid to travel, make $1,000 bonuses, or just simply want to book your next Disney vacation with Disney professionals? Well, Dream Makers at Two Tickets to Paradise Travel are ready to help you make your wish come true. Contact travel at Two Tickets to Paradise.net. Don't dream your life. Live your dreams. Have an idea, question, or want to share your experiences on the show? Contact Nick and Dave anytime. Email them at mousecapadespodcast at gmail.com. Text them at 407-674-0414. Follow Nick and Dave on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Simply search for Mousecapades Podcast. Listen to Nick and Dave on iTunes, Podcast Addict, TuneIn Radio, and Stitcher Radio. Simply search for Mousecapades Podcast. Now, from the Mousecapades Studios, here are your hosts, Nick and Dave. You are listening to episode 15 of the Mousecapades podcast. Now, Dave, I have been waiting for this episode for a long time, and I cannot wait. It is what I truly love to talk about, and that is the weird and strange. We told you that in our inaugural episode. That's what this podcast was also going to be about, and we're going to bring it at you today. We're going to we're bringing everything, the house and the kitchen sink. We have a few paranormal events that we're going to toss your way and leave it up to the listener if uh, you feel that this is something worth looking at or if it's just, you know, something just playing with our imagination. Yeah, Nick's been looking forward to this episode since he came to me with the idea for this whole podcast so, uh, probably three months ago. So one thing I will say about this episode is that I'm glad that all this stuff happened 3,000 miles from my house. <laughs> I can't wait to dive in, man, and take a look at this and let our listeners just hear what we have to say. But first, let's get into some news, Dave. Coming to downtown Disney, we have the NBA experience that's coming to downtown Disney, which should be pretty neat. I can't wait for that to come and see what that's all about. They were probably uh, looking on their timeline to get that done by now since it's the NBA finals going on right now as we speak. Yeah, I know you're a huge NBA fan. I'm really not so much, but you know what, buddy? You're growing on me. The NBA is growing on me as well. Also, uh, Walt Disney World's considering implementing a tiered ticket price system, which I mentioned this to Doug Lando in our last podcast, uh, last episode from last week. I mentioned a tiered ticket system. He hadn't heard about it, but uh, apparently Disney sent out a survey asking customers if they would like to see a tiered ticket system like a, a gold a silver and a bronze package and all that would depend upon how many times you go to the park and when you go to the park is how much you would pay for those ticket prices um tangled tv series is coming in 2017 i can't wait for that i'm a huge mandy moore tangled fan and the original voices are coming back for that and it's going to be an animated series what do you think about that dave yeah, I love Tangled, so I'm excited about that. The funny thing about that is that this morning we had a parent educator come for my son to the house for a visit, and she broke that news to me this morning. Oh, did she? Nice. She said she heard it on the radio here in St. Louis, so who would ever thought that the, uh, I'd be getting updates on Disney from my parent educator? 
Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. Hey, we've talked about this before. The Indiana Jones uh, stunt, spectacular. They're no longer having the ball, apparently. They're not doing the ball stunt. Oh, they cut it out completely? Well, apparently it has not been running for a very long time, and I've been keeping up with this, and I'm getting the same review from tourists. Each tourist uh, that posts online is saying the exact same thing. They're not doing it. So that's, that's just wrong. Just be just because you have a malfunctioning ball doesn't mean you got to cut it off. <laughs> uh, tell it to Lance Armstrong. <laughs> All right. Sorry for. Uh, I hope I didn't offend anyone there. Anywho, moving on. Uh, dude, apparently a woman in her forties nearly drowned at Typhoon Lagoon the other day. Really? Yeah, paramedics were called, and they took her away, and she's doing okay as far as I, last I heard. Uh, Disney is weighing uh, surge prices for parks again, Dave. Did you hear about this story? The surge pricing? Like, isn't that what you just talked about with the tiers or something no, different? No, this is something completely different. So just like prices just recently went up this year, Disney sent out another survey asking uh, – customers if they'd be willing to pay a higher price to get into the parks now this kind of relates to what doug your your boy was saying last week with all the new changes coming to downtown disney he did mention in the podcast that's why prices will probably increase so we kind of i caught that last week i don't know if you did and now i'm seeing it on the news what i want to know is who takes this survey and says oh yeah i'd be willing to pay more I, I have no idea, but uh, last story for you. Deputies arrested a 27-year-old Ohio man early Monday morning after an apparent drunken night at Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort. That's where you're staying this summer, right? Yeah, he better not trash my room. Yeah, so anywho, he was arrested after being rescued by a Walt Disney World Marine unit, which found him struggling to stay afloat in the middle of Bay Lake. And that's according to the Orange County Sheriff's Office uh, arrest report. Unbelievable. Yeah, insane. He, uh, A manager at the restaurant said that uh, this person had trouble staying balanced. He, uh, he was intoxicated. He had trouble staying balanced, and he fell numerous times. Uh, so the manager drove a golf cart to catch up and help him. Um, when the manager got to this person, he ran toward the cart and jumped, uh, jumping in, and he, he crashed through the plastic windshield of the golf cart. Yeah, so the story goes on. It gets worse or funnier, however you want to think of it. Drunken stories always do get worse. So this dude dude jumps through the uh, plastic windshield, busts it all up, lands in the driver's seat, and they're heading for Bay Lake. uh, And that's when they crashed into the pier. uh, And that's what the manager had told the deputies. So it's insane, an insane story. Yeah, you know, we heard about it from a uh, former security uh, officer who worked in the parks a few episodes back who talked about, you know, drunken stories. And so, anywho, yeah, this there you go. Someone was drunk and got in trouble. All he wanted to do was go for a swim. I don't see any problem with that at all. <laughs> all right. So, Dave, take us back. All right, let's go. We're traveling backwards in time. Right now, we're leaving the world of today behind. So, if your imagination is ready, here we go. This week in Disney history, Nick, starts with June 9th, 1934. This is the birthday of one Donald Fauntleroy Duck, a.k.a. Donald Duck. Oh, I love it. Was this in the Mother Hen episode? This was his first appearance, yep. Yeah. In the the Silly Symphony Mother Hen episode, yep. He is my favorite character of all time. Happy birthday, Donald Duck. Happy birthday. Who knew that his middle name was Fauntleroy, though? I think it's on, uh, isn't it like on the door on the very first episode? It's like on the door of his boathouse or something like that. 
I'll have to look more carefully. Uh, me too. I'll have to go back and look. All right, moving on. June 11th, 1977. I had to throw this one in there because it's one of my favorites. This is the debut of the Main Street Electrical Parade at Walt Disney World. Outstanding, man, and it never gets old. I'm telling you, as I look through this week in Disney history, uh, I can't wait for a year to go by so I can report more because, as I said, we're not going to go day by day now. We're just going to pick a few events from the week, and there was a lot to choose from this time, so there were some that didn't make the cut. Uh, That same day, though, June 11th, this time 1929, this is the date that Walt Disney files for the trademark for Mickey Mouse's image. Oh, okay. Very so that's a pretty important date. Yeah, very interesting. I want to last. Okay, go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Hey, the last one that I picked was the next day, June 12th, 1927. This is a pretty important date in history because this was the birth date of Richard Sherman, one half of the Sherman brothers. And we've talked about the Sherman brothers and their importance uh, in the Disney uh, company altogether. But. You know, they've got tons of tons of music out there. They were known for their music in Mary Poppins. They had a hand in the Jungle Book, Winnie the Pooh, and whoever forgets, It's a Small World was written by the Sherman Bros. After all. That's oh, right. I want to add one more, Dave. Yeah. Okay, so on June 4th of 2005, this man married his wife 10 years ago. It is my it is my anniversary today. And yes, listeners, I am recording my podcast and I have a very loving and understanding wife. That's a dedicated man right there. <laughs> we're going to celebrate that next week. You know we're heading out to Disney World and I cannot wait, man. So listeners, expect uh, Dave, I, I'm wanting to do a live podcast. Can we do that for the listeners out there? Yeah, I look forward to it. Awesome. You know, I'll have my stuff with me. I'll be in the parks, and we'll do a little uh, live podcast for you guys next week. Outstanding. I didn't mean to steal your thunder there, Dave. I just wanted to say that, and I also want to say to my wife, if you're listening, which she probably is not, happy 10th anniversary, honey. Love you. Yeah, he's a week late, folks. We do record on on Thursday of the week, so uh, you'll be hearing this on Sunday, but Nick had already celebrated his anniversary, and what a dedicated man to celebrate on his anniversary. All right, that's all I have for this week in Disney history, Nick. Awesome. Outstanding, Dave. Okay, now what we all have been waiting for. In this week's episode, Dave and I are going to walk you through some paranormal events that occurred at Disneyland. We're going to walk you through these events and give you our perspective as to what's going on. Then we're going to walk back through these events, but with a debunker's perspective. And then after all of that is said and done, we're going to bring on a ghost hunter from the Paranormal Task Force in St. Louis, Missouri. And he's going to give us his expert opinion on what he feels is going on at Disneyland. Okay, so Dave, I'm going to get us going. I'm going to roll this first clip here. All right, so here we go. We have the apparition who is walking down this windy walkway on the monitor, and we have some dude behind the security cameras right now at the Disneyland parks who caught this on film, and he's basically recording what he captured on all four monitors. And now we have this apparition who just walked through, okay, just walked through an iron gate. Yeah, so one thing that you need to know is that they're really faint. You have to look really hard at, at the screens to see it. But we'll, we'll, And we'll also post this on our notes, too. We'll post this link Definitely. so you can watch it as well. But uh, So we have this apparition who's just walking around Disneyland, walking around the park, and walking along the windy sidewalk over to the lake, and you see this apparition walk onto the lake and just keep going. 
I thought that was amazing. I've been told that apparitions like this are seen all the time, Dave, at the parks at night, which makes it super cool. And I think it's even better that it's at the original park, which makes it just that more creepier. Yeah, at first you see it looks like he's taking the path, you know, that that everyone else would take along the side of the lake. Uh, and then you see him walk through the gate. You know, the the explanation the narrator of this YouTube debunking video uh, says for it is that the monitors are old. They've seen many people walking in the same same uh, scene because they're stationary cameras. And he says that those images are just burned under the screen so that you would see them all the time. That's 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 how he's justifying the apparition. Yeah, but um, I have to disagree with all four of those monitors being burnt. Disney, once they see something going out, especially in security, especially after 9-11, they're not going to keep old monitors like that that have burnt images in them. They want the cleanest, crisp picture so they can see what's going on inside the parks. I just have a hard time, although he, the, the bunker brings up a good idea that maybe this is just an image burnt into the screen he does not bring up the fact though that this image just walks right through those iron gates walks along the path and then walks right onto the water yeah i think of all all of the videos that we're going to see tonight that one is probably the one that i think is least least like looks like a real ghost to me okay dave let's roll the clip and see what the debunker has to say about this First video takes place in Disneyland after hours, which is my research, probably like one or two in the morning. Uh, nobody walking around down there, maybe an employee or two. Uh, and then this is where we get our first image of the anomaly. Uh, I'm going to call it an anomaly, not a ghost. It's not a ghost. Um, a lot of people looked at this and said, you know what? That's a reflection on the monitor screen, you know? Well, here's the problem. There's a shot of two monitors, and it appears in both of the screens. So we know that it's not a reflection. We know that it's something that's out there walking around, picked up by two cameras. Um, and you'll notice also that it affects the lights on the uh, riverboat that's lit up there, right there. It does it. So what is it? It's something that's walking around. Well, what I think is happening is there's monitor burn-in. These are old monitors. They're worn out. They've been positioned at the same place, looking at the same thing over and over and over again. So anything that moves around is going to have like kind of a ghostly, you know, invisible feel to it. And so that's just an employee walking down there and looks like a ghost. Okay. All right. Moving on. So this next one, Dave, tell our listeners what it is that we're seeing here. Okay. So we're seeing a stationary camera uh, of the loading area for Space Mountain at Disneyland. And you're seeing a few people get onto the ride. Let me go ahead and hit play here. Uh, so you'll see a few people getting onto the ride, and then from the other side, the side where people are not loading, you'll see um, what looks like a shadow or, or a vision of light. Again, it's really faint, but it's kind of got a blue tint to it. And you can see the, uh, the appendages, the arms and the legs, walking to the coaster to get in. And so he gets onto the ride next to this guy, and this guy has no reaction at all, and just sits down, and there he goes. Now, the thing that I can't tell about this video is, does he move with the coaster? Because now he's gone. See, I tried finding that as well, and I can't see it either. I see some blue tent, but then it just leaves the screen. Right. So I, I do not know what's going on here. Okay, Dave, let's roll the clip and see what the debunker has to say about this. Next video takes place at Space Mountain. Here you see an anomaly walk from the left and get into the seat uh, next to the gentleman in the brown striped shirt. And the right gets underway. 
Uh, I'll point out where it is in case you have trouble seeing it. Basically, we're dealing with two things here. Uh, the first part of the video is uh, due to the highly polished concrete. It's a very reflective surface, and we're picking up somebody uh, just off camera. See, look, it's reflecting lights there from the fluorescence. You can tell it's just a reflection of somebody. Now, the second part with him in the seat, that's because it's being shot through frosted glass from the ride operator booth. And what we're doing is we're picking up a reflection of the ride operator through that frosted glass. That's pretty much all there is to it. Okay, so this next one, we have the Tower of Terror. And we all know that before the park opens, the rides have to be tested. And we all know when the park closes, the rides have to be tested. So we have an employee here that's testing the Tower of Terror ride, going up and down, up and down. And all of a sudden, two ghostly images appear, one directly behind him and one immediately to his right, three seats down. And I have to say, this is a freaky image. Yeah, this is probably the creepiest one out of all of them. I think that is is looks to be most realistic anyway. And the guy doesn't react. He doesn't even notice them. Well, no, because he's in. You got to remember, he's in darkness right now. This this is. Oh this yeah, is that's a, right. Okay, so this, this is the part where they drop the ride. So, um, you know, obviously he's dropping because his hat blows off his head. Yeah, this guy has a mustache. Like we're talking like a Quaker mustache and some big old glasses. He looks like the Quaker Oats guy. He does look like Wilford Brimley, a little skinnier though. <laughs> and he has a hat on. So the debunker goes on to say, oh, because of the strobes that are flashing, this is just a, a repeating image of the person himself in the ride. But what I have to say to that, the two images that flash and appear look nothing like this person. No, not at all. Then, yeah, one looks extremely younger and does not have a head on, does not have glasses, does not have a mustache. And you can clearly see this image. And again, we're going to post this on our show notes. And then just down to the right, three seats down, it almost looks like it's a woman sitting there that appears real quick and then goes away. Eerie, disturbing, man. I would yeah, not want to be on that Yeah, the fact ride. that they're not in the same seat also is kind of crazy to me because if something like that was going to happen, you'd think that you'd see the same thing repeatedly. You know, like if the guy's behind him and he keeps reappearing behind him, I could see, okay, that's something that's going on there with the with the uh, with the strobe lighting. But this is one guy appears in behind and then in a different time altogether and someone appears next to them. So that's that's kind of strange. Okay, so again, let's get the debunkers perspective on this, Dave. Next one takes place at the uh, Tower of Terror in California Adventure. Um, it's a long clip, so I'll just kind of trim it down. Here's the anomaly the first time. And then you see him again right here. Um, this one's pretty easy. It's a low frame rate camera, and it looks like there's a lot of strobing lights on this ride. Put those two things together in combination, and what happens is you get these ghosting images um, from the man himself. So it's going to appear that he's sitting behind himself or off to the side. His image is appearing in different parts of the frame um, and appearing as ghosts, but uh, really it's just his own image. All right, Dave, what do we have going on next? Yeah, so the next one that goes down is during the fireworks display at Disneyland. And this one, I think the debunker has nailed. Uh, so the, the show is going off. They've got the, the low fireworks that come in from the sides, and they have what appears to be a man or figure of some kind standing on top of the castle watching the fireworks. I thought so too, Dave. I'll, I'll agree with you. I thought the debunker was spot on on this one until I rewound the clip and looked at it again and really thought about it. And I'll tell you when it's done. So tell the listeners what's going on here. All right. So, you, again, you've got those low fireworks going off and then the ones above. And then as the, the cameraman pans back down to follow some of the fireworks, 
you can see, and he, he zooms in, you can see what looks like uh, a man standing on top of the castle just watching the fireworks. But like a translucent kind of image. I mean, he's the person looks gray or translucent, but I could see where it would be someone wearing some camouflage to blend into the night sky. But look at this. Okay, so the debunker says, as soon as the fireworks end, you no longer see the image of the person standing on top of the castle. But if you go back and look at it, and hopefully you listeners, you will, that image does not disappear as the fireworks dissipate and disappear. That image disappears after uh, after the fireworks ha- have illuminated the sky, and after they dim down, the image is still there for a couple seconds, then the image disappears, okay? Also, the lights kick on right afterwards that shine from down below that shoot straight up on the castle right as soon as the fireworks are done. I mean, immediately. You don't see that image. He's not standing there. And there's no way that dude jumped off or ducked down that quickly. Also, I did some research online. I could not find a job uh, where Disney employs someone, uh, some safety manager or something, to stand on top of the castle for safety reasons. I I tried looking. I keyed in so many different google searches could not find anything so yeah maybe it does that, maybe it does exist i don't know maybe someone is listening contact the show you know milescapades podcast at gmail.com let us know if that's an actual job but i couldn't find anything online and to me that seems kind of a weird thing for them to actually hire somebody to go stand on top of the castle during the fireworks show but one thing that we didn't say in our explanation was that this this figure is dressed in in all black or like a dark gray and the debunker says that he's doing that to blend in with the background so that guests can't see him that well um but he may also have some sort of you know safety non-flammable material suit that he's wearing as well to uh kind of do that but yeah um I'd like to have that job. That'd be pretty cool to see the fireworks from there. Again, Mr. Debunker, go. Now I'm going to take a look at some videos that were shot by people in Disneyland uh, on vacation or whatnot. Uh, this first one is uh, appears to capture a ghost on top of the, uh, the castle watching the fireworks show. There he is right there. Now, what this is, is this an employee who's watching the fireworks show probably for safety reasons or something? And he's wearing a suit that's camouflaged to the night sky so that the visitors can't see him. Um, But he appears when the light from the fireworks is illuminating him. So there he is still. And you notice as the lights of the fireworks die down, the lights of the show die down, then he slowly fades out. And that's his camouflage just working incredibly well. Okay, so on this next one, we just have a family getting pictures taken with Disney villains. What's going on in the background you have a ghostly image laying or leaning back on the rock wall behind them. You know, there's a rock wall with some plants and you have like a, um, an iridescent figure or like a translucent figure standing there behind them. But the debunker states that this is actually just discoloration in the rocks. And after watching this numerous times, Dave, I have to agree. I think it is just discoloration in the rocks, but we'll let the listeners decide when they go back in the show notes and look at this. Yeah, this one to me is almost like, hey, do you see that uh, turtle in the clouds up above? It must right. be a turtle up it's there. It's just us <laughs> matrixing an image, I think. Right, right. Mr. Debunker, you're on. In this next video, there appears to be a, a ghost sitting on the rocks. There he is um, watching the uh, the kids get autographs from the, the villains. Um, but really what this is, I had to watch this a lot and I felt kind of foolish when I finally realized what it was. This is a discoloration in the rocks. You see right there. If you look at it really closely, you can tell that it's just 
the rocks are different colors and differently organized. And when you pan past him and you're looking at it at exactly the right angle, it's going to appear to be a man. It's just like folds in a sheet. But when you look at it from a different angle, it's not there anymore. So here we pass by, we see the colored rocks and they look like a man sitting there. But when we pass by, he's not there. It kind of proves that it's just he was looking at the right angle, right time. Okay. All right, so then this last one that comes up here is also from the Tower of Terror. And what you see here is there uh, is a view from the outside of the Tower of Terror. And um, you're, they're looking at the drop tunnel, so where they have the different stories of windows that are open, where you see the guests actually when they're doing their fall. And this one's pretty creepy. Uh, it looks like there is someone sitting on the outside of one of these windows that open and close to show the people in the ride, the rest of the park, right before they're getting ready to drop. And the thing that I notice about this most of all is that um, the, the image is up there. It looks like it might move a little bit, but then as soon as those doors start to close, it's almost like if you get pat, like if, when the doors start to block some sort of light or some sort of camera, that figure disappears almost every time that happens. Is there an actual is there an actual projected image when you're on that ride? You know, I'm a wuss. I will not go on that ride. Um, I, I you know I, I have flown in jets, but I will not go on that ride. You know, yeah, I, don't, I don't get um, it. I don't remember. I don't remember seeing anything like that. But again, you're at that point where you're just getting ready to drop. So I may have missed it when I went on it. Um, I think we rode it two or three times when we were there on our last trip, and I don't, I don't remember seeing anything like that. Well, but again, so- it's also on. It's only appears on one of those, those stories. So if, if that's not where your ride vehicle stops, maybe you, that's not where you're going to see it anyway. Okay, I did some research too, and, and from what I've read online. Disney does not project images of figures up in those windows. So um, that's kind of eerie, man. And it looks like it's just, uh, you know, that lunch scene in New York where people are sitting on the lunch, you know, on the beam when they're building the tower, you know, right. And eating their lunch. That's what it looks like. Some dude with feet hanging over dangling. And when the ride goes up and down, it looks like the, the, the figure turns to look and swings his arm and his legs while he's watching. Yeah. Really spooky. Pretty cool, though. Okay, and for the last time, Mr. DeBunker, prove us wrong. This uh, last video is at the Tower of Terror also. It's uh, outside. Um, it appears to be Anomaly uh, sitting on the ledge. Looks like a ghost looking you know, back into the, the ride. Um, and i got to be honest, I don't really know what's going on with this one. Here, I'll point out the Anomaly in case you didn't see it. Um, I'm not sure. I, in this, I think, um, I, I looked at you know light refraction or reflection or whatever. Now... My best guess is that this is a part of the ride and that this is a hologram that they project. I've never ridden the ride, so maybe somebody who has can speak to it a little bit better in the comments. But, yeah, I think that what this is is just um, a hologram that's part of the ride. Okay, so let's phone my friend Greg from Paranormal Task Force and uh, see what he has to say about these stories. How's it going, Greg? Hey, how's it going, Dave? Thanks for coming on our show. Oh, that's fine. I knew Nick for a long time ago. Awesome. 
With us today, we have Greg Myers from a non-for-profit organization called the Paranormal Task Force here in Missouri. Greg became part of Missouri Paranormal Research in August of 2005, serving as a co-administrator, lead investigator, and EVP specialist. Greg became an instrumental element in the collection of evidence in a case involving an extreme inhumane haunting and possession. This haunting was featured on the Discovery Channel's A Haunting series. Greg has been a featured guest on various radio stations, news stations, newspapers, and as a speaker at both paranormal and non-paranormal events. Greg and other members of PTF were featured in the 2007 Spooked production by the Booth Brothers, paranormal documentary Children of the Grave, which has and continues to air on the Sci-Fi and Chiller channels. The Haunted Boy, The Secret Diary of the Exorcist, also serving as a co-associate producer. He is also featured in Legacy of Shadows, The Legend of Zombie Road, Terra on the Sci-Fi Show. Fact or Faked, Paranormal Files, which aired in 2012 and filmed in an episode of the History Channel series, Sold. Greg also was recently on the special 100th episode of Ghost Adventures at the infamous St. Louis Exorcist House on the Travel Channel. Greg was also voted as one of the top 10 investigators in America for 2008 through 2010 on Haunted America Tours. It is with greatest pride and deepest pleasure, I welcome you to the show, Greg. Hey, buddy, I know that was very long-winded, but I just want to say now, let me take a breath, <sighs> welcome to the show, buddy. Um, Greg, I sent you the links of the video image uh, from YouTube earlier today, and I know you had some. You had an opportunity to go ahead and review uh, those videos, but first, can you just give us, I, I just want to know what you're up to, buddy. How how you how you doing? Uh, Greg, you know, you were a personal friend of mine. I knew you for some years and a uh, very interesting individual and has a very interesting job. Can you tell our listeners uh, what you're currently working on or, or what, you're, what you've been up to? Well, I'm still doing the same thing. I work a normal job by day and then by night on the weekends. I'm the president of Paranormal Task Force. And it's good hearing from you, being job. We do go back a long time ago. Yeah, we most certainly do, buddy. And uh, you know, our, our our paths crossed uh, a few years ago, and I've been I was fortunate enough to to meet up with you and, and chat with you and bounce a few ideas off of you and and learn quite a bit. Um, so let's get back to uh, these uh, events that happened in Disneyland and Disney World. And uh, so I sent you the YouTube clip. What did you think? First off, we had the ghostly image of um, an apparition walking through Disneyland. Can you give us, uh, I guess, your seasoned uh, opinion on what you saw going on there? Well, a very, very interesting um, video. I wish that, you know, we would have had the full video to analyze, you know, versus a shot of the monitor screen. But even from that, you clearly see an apparition go from one frame to the next, to the next, to the next. You know, almost like a real person would walk a certain route during the, the daytime or nighttime, or, you know, an ex-employee or even someone who possibly visited the place, you know, and had fun there and may, maybe met with a tragic demise. Okay, and does that have like a specific name? Is there like a specific title to um, apparitions that are walking around with a purpose? Like there's some intelligent um, life going on there or intelligent being or something like that? Well, if, if it displays intelligence, and this one you really can't tell, it would be an, basically an intelligent haunting. But if it's just a replay, like someone who used to work there or who was there, and this happens every so often, the exact same route, the exact same path, 
That would be more of a residual haunting. Okay, so like a recording that's just looping over and over and over again. Right, and that's the first impression. When I saw it, I thought of, but without further analysis, I can't determine anything further from that. Okay, so Dave, take us to, to the next one, Dave. Okay, so the, the next clip, if I remember correctly, the is roller. of... Uh, the roller coaster. Oh, yeah. So the next clip is of the loading zone of Space Mountain Ride. So you see all of the viewers, all the riders coming in from the right side of your screen, and then you see this blue uh, faint outline coming in from the other side, and it appears to sit down in the ride next to this man who has no idea of what's going on. The question I have about that is, is that a common thing? Like if, if there was an apparition sitting next to you, would you be able to feel some sort of presence there? It depends on the person. Certain people have more sensitivities than other. Somebody might see it, somebody might not. Some might feel a cold or a warm spot or feel like an electrical static charge on their body. So that is common, you know, it depends on the type of person at the time. And if they're getting on a ride and their adrenaline's really going, they might not notice it. Yeah, especially if you're getting on a ride like that, it's going to be dark in the first place and, and all exciting. Uh, but that was that was kind of the thing that I had in my mind was if if there's going to be something like that sit down next to me, I surely think I would notice that that was going on. But you're, you're right, you brought up a good point on that. Okay, so the next one was the Tower of Terror, right, Dave? That is correct. Okay, so uh, in this one, we, we've already talked to the listeners about how we have this uh, employee who's testing the ride, and we have some strobes going off, and then we have some images of a person behind and off to the right of this person a few seats down. And the debunker had stated that, you know, this is just a repeat image of that person that is uh, testing the ride. But, you know, this guy had a mustache. It looks like the Quaker Oats dude with uh, glasses and a hat. But the images that flashed up behind and beside looked nothing like this person testing the ride. What are your thoughts on this, Greg? And it's one of those things that was determined at this time unexplainable. It's harder than some of the other videos that were shown in that clip because the one going frame to frame, you have a clear view of it in different angles. This one with strobe lights affecting the area. There could be a potential explainable cause, but it's undeterminable, you know, to at least me with the footage that was presented. Okay. Um, okay, so the, ne the next video clip that we have is, is of the fireworks show at the castle and they had the footages uh first from a from a faraway view of the castle with the fireworks but then they zoom in onto the castle and they find something interesting what appears to be a man standing on top of the castle uh looking at the fireworks now reviewing this i don't see much movement out of this guy um but what what, what was your take on that video it's very hard because that debunker in that video he proposes an interesting, you know, situation. Do they have a safety person who sits up high somewhere and wearing darker so-called camouflage clothing? And without knowing that for certain, you know, it's very, very hard to determine. Because with the paranormal, you have to be able to rule out every explainable cause first, and then you're left with the unexplainable. So kind of to follow that up, if you were to like start your path of research on, on either debunking this or confirming it, where do you think you would start as far as researching that? Well, I would have to check with the employer or the owner of the facility and see what their protocols are when they do the fireworks show. Okay. And they would be able to confirm or deny if it was a real person or not. 
then beyond that, you know, could have been somebody trespassing up there, most likely not with security at a, at a you know, Disneyland or Disney World. So that would rule that out. And then we would just have to go step by step, but those are the two main ones. And when both of those are ruled out, you probably are left with an unexplainable standing up in that area. Right. Okay, so I'm going to take us uh, to the next one, Dave, and then you can finish us up. Greg, in that video, we see a family getting their pictures taken with all the Disney villains, and then behind them on the rock wall and the plants and everything, uh, supposedly there is uh, a figure there standing or actually kind of leaning behind them. I saw it, but I kind of think that it was just my brain matrixing um, an image. I kind of have to agree with the debunker. Maybe it's just discoloration of the rocks. A very interesting perspective you did get on that one, Nick, because that's one of the most common things in pictures and video. That's what we call the pareidolia effect. That's the proper name for it. And some of the shows out there, they do call it matrixing. But your mind wants to take irregular shading, shapes, densities with the foliage back there and create something recognizable. Sort of like if you're out looking up at the clouds laying on your back and the clouds go by you, your brain makes shapes out of them. Like, oh, there goes the bunny rabbit, there goes a dog, you know, there goes, you know, whatever and so on. Mickey Mouse. So I agree. Yeah, Mickey Mouse could even be in the clouds. (laughs) But I agree with with that one. I would consider that the paranoia effect with the human mind, you know, making something visually in their mind that's not there. Okay, so in our last clip here, we have uh, an outside view looking at the Tower of Terror ride. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the ride, but the big the big draw to this ride is that they have an elevator drop in this ride, and they have several different stories worth of looks like a window or like a door leading to the outside where they, they open the doors so that the people on the ride can look out over the park, and then they just drop them. Uh, and so in this video here we see what looks like a man just hanging out with his legs hanging over the edge of one of these doors or windows that's open and when the when doors open up for the for the riders of the ride to look out over the park he almost looks like he's turning around to take a look at who's in the ride and then he kind of as they drop it looks like he leans back to kind of see hey where are you guys going and then uh, kind of the thing that i picked up on with this ride was that uh when those doors close back up, it looks like the image goes away. And, and I think it happens twice in the video where the image goes away when the doors close. So, so what did you make of that? Well, I kind of agree with you on that side, Dave. I think this one's more explainable than not. The first thing I would do is contact the park and see if they do have some type of employee at that level, which most likely is a no because that would be a safety issue for the employee as well. Right. And, yeah, and this, this is obviously something that's – it's a see-through object, you know. It it looks just like an apparition. Right, it's translucent. Right. I would lean on that's a, a lot more explainable than explainable. Because I don't think there would be an explainable cause to come up with that. Okay. Outstanding. Hey, Greg, thanks for uh, taking time out of your busy schedule. I know you're a busy person. Um, but thanks for coming on the show. We really do appreciate it. Where can our listeners find more information on you and your non-for-profit organization, Paranormal Task Force? Well, the first place is our website. is at www.paranormaltaskforce.com. And we still have a redirect URL, which is catchmyghost.com, which might be easier for your listeners. 
Or they could find us on Facebook, um, just put in Paranormal Task Force in the search, and I'm sure we'll pop up, and also on Twitter. Any uh, major events for you coming on down the pipeline here shortly, Greg? Well, we're doing some haunted historical tours here locally at the Tri-County um, Truck Stop, which is out in Bill Ridge, Missouri, and that's on, I don't know anything, June 12th on Friday and June 13th, which is a Saturday. Yeah, I know. Last time we talked, uh, you had just gotten back from Tri-County, um, and you guys caught a lot of good stuff out there while you were out there. I know you had played some of the clips for me, and I was just amazed and stunned at uh, things being thrown and things said that obviously was disembodied, just was not even there. Yeah, that goes back to 2006 when we first investigated, and it was a phenomenal location. And it still is. People coming to our tours, our overnight ghost hunts, they have a lot of times their own unexplainable experiences to go home with. And the list has went on and on since back in 2006, you know, with different events happening there from the unknown realms. Hey, Greg, can you give our listeners uh, a little look into, you know, some of the things that you did here locally in St. Louis with uh, the Booth Brothers and um, some other things? I know you've appeared on the Travel Channel and the Sci-Fi Network. Um, it started off with the Booth Brothers production, Children of the Grave, which aired on Sci-Fi. I forget how many years ago now, four or five, and then the, then the Chiller Network showed it for a while. And then we got involved in some other productions. The more notable one originally came out, um, The Haunted Boy, which is about the St. Louis exorcism, exorcism story. And they retitled that, and that's available now. It's, it's called The Exorcist Files, and it's available on Redbox, I believe still, um, Family Dollar Video, then Amazon, and places like that online where you can rent movies. And then with them, um, we did a little short appearance in Children of the Grave 2, the second one, which took place at the Caverns, our segment, under the Limp Mansion and Limp Brewery. And then after that, you're right, we did have some appearances on the Travel Channel with the special Ghost Adventures 100th episode, which was at the Exorcist House in St. Louis, and dealt with that again. And then on their follow-up show, and this is where you'll probably have to edit, I forget what the hell that show's called. Factor, <laughs> you factor fake? Aftershocks. Oh, okay. Okay, so I can start off by, I guess, talking some more for you. Saying yes, and we appeared on a follow-up show to the Ghost Adventures show um, called Ghost Adventures Aftershocks, which dealt with some of the inside story of the situation and what happened since, and they filmed that episode. Well, do you mind if we ask you a couple questions? Um, are you open for oh, that? No. That's fine. Greg, I have to ask, what is probably the scariest uh, event or situation that you have encountered during your time as a paranormal investigator? Oh, that's a rough one because there's so many extraordinary situations that I've been in, but probably the worst of them all would have been at the Exorcist House in St. Louis in Belmar, um, Missouri, out in the subdivision of St. Louis. That's where something actually about 300, 350 degrees manifested off of the side of my face and my body and actually left the burn on my neck and it was quite an incredible and scary experience. Wow. Wow. Well, um, 
thanks thanks again for coming on the show greg we really do appreciate it um sometime in the future would you mind uh when we have another uh paranormal episode would it be okay to give you a ring and kind of get your perspective on things oh yeah that'd be fine that you know for for you we do that <laughs> seriously outstanding thanks greg appreciate it man yeah greg thanks for the insight greg right. before before we hang up i gotta ask you man because i listen to george nori coast to coast am religiously how was it going on that show no, that's been about three or four years. Yeah, it's ago. been it's been a while, but I heard it though because I listened to it every single day. It, it, yeah, it was a little bit nerve wracking because it was like an audition to get on there of a producer. But I met George Nori in person too in St. Louis what, a couple years ago when um, Giorgio from Ancient Alien. Yeah, Sukalos. Yep, and I met both of them, and that was an interesting experience as well. You, you have to rephrase that. You met Giorgio Sukalos, and then you met his hair. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I like the way he was standing like in the back and the light shine off and seeing the shadow on the wall. That was yeah. very interesting. That looked like an alien itself. <laughs> Outstanding, man. All right, dude. Uh, Greg, it was awesome talking to you, man, catching up. I'm going to call you this weekend. I'll be out of, okay, White, I'll be out of Whiteman I Air Force Base. I hope I gave you stuff good enough for what you were looking for. Oh, no, it's perfect. Something short and sweet to the point. I was being honest with my opinions. No, that's, I saw. that's great, and I definitely want to have you back on when we do this again. I think that would be awesome. Okay, Nick and Dave, take care. Thanks. See you, Greg. Either one of you want to do a tour or one of those, just email me. Let me know which one. I'll be sure you're on the list to get in. Thanks, dude. Okay, talk to you guys later. Bye. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. So that was a great interview, Dave. Um, You know, I really enjoyed listening to Greg's seasoned perspective on these different events that happened at the parks. He, he was very insightful, very informative. You know, he brought up some really good points about what he would do and what the debunker said. Yeah, and, you know, the guy's resume speaks for itself. He is, he is an, ex, an expert on this kind of thing. And uh, he, down to the point that he even brought his own creepy frogs and cricket background music with him on that call. So <laughs> Yeah, I heard him. I was like, what are we in, <laughs> Hawaii? Because I hear that the was frogs. Awesome. He um, made out camping at the time. He was on a on a uh, ghost hunt at the time, I think. <laughs> no, you know, I think uh, I, I I don't know. He's probably sitting in the back, uh, probably in the back of his house or on the deck. I know. I think he has a deck and backs up to a whole bunch of uh, wooded areas. So it sounded very peaceful, man. I mean, shoot, put me a get me a fire pit, light it up, and I'll sit back there and tell tell stories all night long. Ghost stories. I don't know about ghost stories, buddy, but uh, <laughs> nah, just stories more about the if it's a ghost story dealing with the park, definitely, you know. <laughs> but no, that was very insightful, very cool, man. I can't wait to have him back on. I think, you know, Dave, I think we might just bring him back on next time we do this paranormal episode. That'd be that'd be kind of cool. Yeah, see what he's got to say, I guess. So, listeners, stay tuned next week because we're going to take a surprise ride walkthrough at one of the parks. So, stay tuned next week and. Tried. In the meantime, guess what park we're going to be at and which ride we could possibly be at. The possibilities, Dave. And if you have your heart set on something, let us know. We'll be sure to do some research for you and uh, bring it to you next week. I just want to give a big shout out right now, buddy, uh, to Rachel and Zeke from Behind the Magic Podcast. If you haven't had an opportunity to go over there and listen to them. Uh, great individuals. I've been talking to them in the last uh, month or so. And uh, great podcast. I just want to give them a shout out. And uh, we're going to appear on their podcast uh, late June, right? Like around the 27th or something like that, Dave? 
Yeah, the, the day is set. I have it in my calendar. It's at the end of the June sometime. So I cannot wait to appear on their podcast. So if you're listening, hey, Rachel and Zeke, awesome podcast. Love it. Listeners, go look at it. Go find it and listen to it. It's very interesting. Also, I want to remind uh, the listeners, I'm going to be out at the parks next week, and we're going to be doing a live podcast in a couple weeks from uh, me just walking around the parks, maybe doing, I don't know, maybe I'll do a live walkthrough of a ride. Who knows? But uh, I'm sure I'll have a lot to say. And then after that, I'm taking a vacation for my vacation and finishing up at Myrtle Beach. And so I know I'm going to do a live podcast from the beach out there as well. So thanks for listening. Hey, see ya. Peace.